Live with CDP Sports Talk, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. And on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Radio Public, and TuneIn. Now, here's your host, Chris Palme. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 47 of Live with CDP Sports Talk, brought to you by Barry Cohen Chevrolet Dealership at 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycollin.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles or give them a call at 519-824-0210 or you can even email them at info at barrycollin.com as well. Guys, I'm looking forward to my show today. Um, my guest name is Lee Newton. She's a Nashville recording artist, singer, songwriter, star. And in 2020, Lee won the vocalist a year of the... 2020 Lee uh, won the Vocalist of the Year Award at the Josie Music Awards, and her um, albums the last two years have won awards as well in 2021 and 2022 as well. So I'm really looking forward to speaking to my guest today, Lee Newton, who's, uh, I believe, in North Carolina right now. We had a little mishap with the time change, but we got it worked out. Good afternoon, Lee. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Chris? Good, and I was going to say congratulations on such a great career uh, so far and, and winning all these awards for these albums and stuff like that. And you are uh, you have a current new single out called Be The Man as well. Yes, um, and it's great to be on your show. I'm super excited to be here with you. And I know uh, we've been talking about it for a little bit, and I'm glad that I'm here actually getting to, to sit down and talk to you for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I've... Most definitely so proud of Be The Man. Uh, it's a song that I wrote um, inspired by my little boy. His name is Cash, and he's actually at the beginning of the song. Um, and um, it's just just a beautiful song that kind of comes full circle um, with a little boy growing up, learning how to be a man um, and, um, you know, not having a father around um, and just kind of learning how to be a father from that, you know, throughout life. And it kind of comes full circle and it's just, it's just a beautiful song and I'm so proud of it. Um, it is on the, the unleashed album. Um, that was my country album that won, um, album of the year at the Josie music awards. So, uh, that was last year. So I'm super excited. Congratulations. I think you, this is what your fourth album in the last couple of years. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Album. Yeah, uh, I've been rocking and rolling <laughs> um, and already planning my, my, my next one. So, um, yeah, the first one was called Undamaged, um, and I wrote every song on that album. Um, and um, it won EP album of the year that year. Um, and then I followed it up the next following year with Undamaged, uh, which won the album of the year uh, that was held at the Grand Ole Opry. And uh, which was just amazing within itself. Um, and then I did something kind of special um, for everybody this year for Valentine's Day because everybody's kind of anticipating my gospel album that I had been talking about. And I had to keep putting it off because so many amazing artists kept 
coming aboard. So it was put off for great reason, but it had been a few months. So um, I decided to put out a Valentine's Day album called From the Heart. And it is a um, just a, a whole album full of love songs that are covers that range anywhere from Lionel Richie, uh, Stuck on You, to Vince Gill, um, to Chris Christopherson. I mean, there's just so many beautiful songs on there. Um, and it, you know, like I said, it was from the heart. It was for Valentine's Day. And then, um, and then of course, my, my newest album that just, just released on Easter, which is my first gospel album called Crossroads. And uh, I mean, there's so much to talk about on it. It's, it's just amazing. Uh, the artists that are on there with me. It, it, it's amazing. Generally, how many songs do you release on an album? Well, you know, um, that depends. I know if it's got, I think somebody can release like an album with seven or eight and call it an album. Um, and um, I usually, I have been putting at least 12 to 13 songs on each album. Um, and you know, there, and it's just, it's crazy how everything comes about. Like at, when I first started uh, on Unleashed, uh, or not, yeah, Unleashed album, that's my full length album, the first full length album that I did. And it had 13 songs on it. And, um, you know, it, it start from start to the end, it's like everything just had to fit and it just came together and it just made like a whole and I, and I always heard artists talk about that but I never really understood it I thought oh you just record a song and you put a bunch of songs on an album but you know when you're when you start writing your songs and you start piecing together and start putting together this album it, it becomes way deeper than that so um and the same thing with this crossroads album um my, my gospel album um they all have little clips of my dad uh, that's kind of like a tradition thing that I've been doing is adding my dad who passed away when I was 11. He's the, the biggest reason why I, I'm in music today. He's the one taught me how to play the guitar. And um, I was trying to think, um, I was seven years old when he started teaching me how to play the guitar. Um, and uh, he was a cab driver. I grew up in a little small town in Western North Carolina next to a paper mill. And uh, oh my gosh, it was... Um, it was very hard at times because, um, like I said, my dad was a cab driver, so we didn't really have a lot of money. <laughs> um, my, my mom was an, um, a recovering alcoholic, um, and she suffered from mental depression. Uh, so it was a very hard childhood growing up, but I always turned to music. And, um, and this gospel album meant so much because of the hymns that I grew up listening to. Um, you know, they've, they've been with me throughout my whole life, and I knew that when I got to a, a period of where I could record a gospel album, um, I wanted those those songs on there. So to have people like Joe Bonzel from the Oak Ridge Boys and T. Graham Brown and Rhonda Vincent and uh, Tony Jackson, my fiance, Dale Houston, joined me on um, as Merle Haggard. Well, Merle Haggard had done the song but it was one day at a time we we, we did that one um and deborah allen i mean the list goes on and on um at the people who joined me on this album to make it possible um so i know my daddy is uh most definitely smiling down from heaven um looking at everything that's gone on and just these last this has been in three years um without you know releasing the albums um 
you know, because I didn't start really writing songs till about three years ago. Wow. Um, up until up until wow. then, yeah, yeah. So the same time I started my media uh, podcast <laughs> career. <laughs> now, now three years I, ago, March twenty twenty. Wow. Yeah, I've I've sang my whole life. I was in bands. Um, I had two cover bands, and they were rock. Southern rock, blues, funk, uh, you name it. I, we played it. And um, when I was 29, I actually got to go um, and fly to New York City and do a few shows with three original members of Skinner. And um, that was wow. really huge for this little Canton girl that had never been anywhere. <laughs> um, and they were just all so nice to me. And, um, you know, I've been in and out of it uh, but like i said I, you know i did a lot of covers and i i, I loved singing but i had never i, I knew i had a lot to say because i had lived a lot throughout my life a lot of you know hardships and heartbreak and you know love and breaking up and being done bad and you know just a lot of stuff that people um go through through life on a daily basis you know um but i didn't start writing until about it was but this October will be three years, um, and um, I've not looked back since. I just poured my heart out into these songs that are on this album um, and all the albums. And um, I'm telling you, they are they they tell my life, but they also tell other people's lives too because pe other people have lived this. So it, that that's the amazing uh, part of this journey is the songs that I write have just turned around to inspire and bring hope to so many people. And I get messages on a daily basis, like tons set talking about how much my songs have done for them. So that's an amazing feeling. Um, huge, huge, amazing feeling right there. Yeah. I lost my father when I was 13, uh, two Aww. days before Christmas. So I had to grow up early too. And I know what it's like to have hardships and hard times. And I always found when I was younger Music helped me get through the hard times. I have no music talent, by the way, but uh, just listening to various music, 70s, 80s music, positive, upbeat music really helped me get through it. And uh, I, it's just great hearing your story about how you got into it and stuff like that and how your dad influenced your music career as well. Yeah, I mean, and I, you know, I know from experience, I'm so sorry about that because I know how hard it is, you know, growing up without your dad. You know, that's... Yeah. Um, my dad, like I said, my mom was a recovering alcoholic and, you know, the song that I've got out um, in the video that I've got out now is called Change the Ending. And I wrote Change the Ending. Um, but it came after the death of Naomi Judd, who I just grew up. She was such an influence to me, you know, in music, but um, I never realized until after she passed how she had battled. So, so, so with de uh, with the mental depression, I, I never realized that. I always thought, you know, I just had this vision of how Naomi Judd was, and I just never really thought about her going through that deep depression. And when I found that out, um, it really triggered me back to my really young, I mean, like, even before 10 years old, remember coming home from school and my mom would be just stuck in her bedroom for days and days upon time, you know, and, you know, just kind of the same way that Naomi did. But, um, you know, just, I kind of had to fend for myself and my dad was gone cause he was a cab driver. So he worked 12 hours a day and he was, you know, the only time I ever got to see my dad was if I rode around with him. 
um, and we would sit outside on the steps and, you know, um, he'd get me a moon pie and an RC cola and we would learn how to play the guitar. And, um, you know, those are just the, those are the memories that I held on to my whole entire life. But, you know, a lot of the lessons that I learned from both my mom and dad taught me who I am today, um, how to to be a good person and good morals and what maybe sometimes what not to be. <laughs> um, you know, and I think in life we all uh, have different decisions that we make, but in the end, God God works it around to where you end up where you need to be. So um, that's where I'm at in my life right now. Um, I know that my music is um, a God sent and I know that I'm supposed to be using the songs that I write um, to get out there to people who need them. So. Do you remember the first song that you wrote and the first song you performed in front of a live audience? Uh, I when do. You were younger and were you a little bit nervous? <laughs> okay. Well, and it's wild because they both came at such separate times. Um, so I'll answer your first question or your second question first. The first song that I ever got to perform live with a band, I was 14 years old and I actually have a clip, a video clip of it. Um, but it was, I sang a song of another um, artist that I totally looked up to. Oh my gosh, like I just loved her so much. But it was a Lori Morgan song and I sang Except for Monday. And I remember getting on that stage and it was the first time that I had ever um, sang in front of a live audience. And I was hooked. I mean, I didn't stand there. I was all over that stage. It just came natural. Like I just, and there was a part of me in that moment that I just felt that my dad was there and I just felt close to him and that I was making him proud because, you know, he would always sit and had me learn all these songs and he had record me and me and him singing together. So like getting to be on stage in front of somebody, it just, it, there was no nerves. You know, I do get nervous sometimes, uh, especially if I'm doing like the national anthem or if I'm singing in church, I always get nervous. But as far as getting on stage and just singing a show, no, I love it so much. It's such an adrenaline rush. Um, I just, I have such a passion for performing. And then for the first question, it came, the first song that I ever wrote uh, was three years ago. And it was a song about my dad. I knew the first song that I wrote would have to be about my daddy. And it's called Daddy's Little Girl. And it's talking about the second verse goes sitting on the steps at the old cab stand with an RC cola moon pie in my hand, learning how to play guitar, going to be a big star. So, um, you know, that that was my first song. And, and that song um, gave me the confidence to be like, oh, man, I can't write a song. So it's basically telling your story. You just talk and tell how you're feeling. Um, and it, all my songs came from that. Um, and then um, I wrote a, 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 well, I probably started writing about two or three during right after that daddy's little girl. And then I went through a really, really life changing moment where um, I was in a marriage to where it was um, very abusive. And um, the very um, 
after years of that, at the very last straw, um, I ended up having to completely like flee from my home with my little boy um, and leaving everything behind, everything that I had worked hard for, everything that I thought that I had, you know, um, those securities completely went away in that moment. And I said, okay, God, I know you don't want me to live like that. Lead me, guide me. Um, I know that I'm making the right decision. And in that moment, God, seriously, like, I mean, I never had to, I never needed for anything. My little boy never needed for anything. God sent angels right and left. The people who I had sang and sent, you know, put my videos out there and, and did requests for them throughout those years, they all came to my rescue. And they started, you know, I ended up finding a little place for me and Cash. This lady had took me and Cash in uh, for a couple weeks. And during this time of rebuilding my life, I was at my very lowest. I mean, you know, it was a very hard time when you're, you know, starting all over again. You've lost everything. You're basically homeless. Um, and, at the, but still, I had such a peace. I had such a peace within me. And um, during this time is when God gave me the song, Strength of a Woman. And that song, even today, still, it still gets me every time I listen to it. And it still has so many people writing me. Um, there's a big, there's a big, big things for that song. Um, it's, it's meant to do big things. Um, but during that, that time, that song is what he'll help me heal. Um, and God just made a way for me to keep writing and keep recording. And then I had so many great opportunities, um, that, that came into my life to where I was able to, um, have a great circle around me. God sent me love. Um, and I know I'm just going all over the place, but I mean, yeah, he, you know, he sent me a, an amazing man um, who believes in me and wants me to shine. And we work together and uh, he asked me to marry him last year. So we're getting married in two months. So we have like so much and we sing. We just got through releasing our, our duet called Burning Boats. Um, check it out, everybody. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, but yeah, I mean, God has just really... Um, He's really blessed me in these last few years, but I feel like it's because I have really let him lead me and I've listened to him. If I feel something in here that I need to do, I don't go and do the opposite. I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to do it. It might not make any sense to me, but, and sure enough, it ends up being something that turns into something wonderful. And I know it's a godsend. So it just shows you how important having faith is. And uh, I can tell how passionate you are about what you're doing. And uh, I really appreciate you sharing all this as well. And I, I found a few years ago, I was not happy in my other profession. It paid well, but I was not happy. And uh, the last three years I've been working on a new career. And this is what I feel like I'm meant to do. Cause I love storytelling. I love talking to people, connecting with them and uh, mm -hmm. entertaining them as well. Maybe not as a musician, but as a, a, a podcaster and a radio yes. host. Hey, and that's, that's it. We all have our gifts. We all have our things that God gives us um, to use. I mean, and, you know, I don't know. I know we follow each other on Twitter and I don't know if you saw this absolutely beautiful uh, portrait um, that this man, Ron, did for me. Um, and he is, he has Parkinson's and he uses his talent. Um, usually he does the, in memory of, 
portraits of, of, of people and sends them to the family members to bring peace or comfort to them. Um, but he uses what God's given him and God, I mean, you ought to see, you ought to see these portraits. They're absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous. Um, so yeah. Um, but he, he did one for me and I mean, I, I was just, I'm still crying over it. It's so pretty, <laughs> but that's the, you know, God's gifts. God gives us these gifts. So, um, we, we need to use them. And one thing too, when you're in the music industry, it's important not just to have faith in God, but also to have a strong support uh, system, whether it's with people that are in your family or friends oh, yeah. or whatever. That's very important in a, in a profession yeah. like that. Oh, it's, it's major important. I mean, I've went my whole life and, um, you know, there's this, one of my songs is called, I want it all. And, Basically, it's me throughout my whole life being told by people that I was in a relationship with, who people around me, my hometown, everybody telling me that I was not good enough. Oh, you can't do it or you're you're not going to ever make it or you're not going to ever get to this far or, or you can't record that or you can't write songs or, you know, it was always so negative or you can't be a wife and, and, and sing too or you can't be a mother and do it, you know, and it's like. After a point, if you don't have that support around, you know, you can't because you have to have, you have to have people around you that believe in you and support you and let you be that, that person that you need to be that artistic person that to be able, and I've got this out, I mean, outrageous personality. I mean, there's no, t I, got, <laughs> I am, I am like this from six o'clock in the morning to 12 or one o'clock at night. It's every single day. I mean, it's, you know, it's wide open. I'm, my wheels are constantly going, but I've always had people try to shut me down. And, you know, uh, my fiance now, he said, you know, he said, they just didn't want you to shine. You've never been able to just be you and shine. And, and, and he allows me the space to be able to be that way. And he loves that and he encourages me. So yes, it is so important. Um, you know, that listen to the song. I want it all. It, it explains it all because it's, you know, you can have it all. If you go after it. you just, you just got to block out the negativity and keep the negative people to the wayside because not only do they, say negative things that can hurt you they can get in your mind and your mind can be a very powerful thing mindset yeah you've got to you got to be strong-willed and uh yeah so i just kind of put my blinders on i know what what i want to do and you know i'm i'm not in this to try to make it as a, if you that's what you want to call it you know making it i mean i just i just want to be able to do what i love to do I want to play shows. I want to um, to be able to make a living. You know, we all have to make a living. And, um, you know, if that opportunity were to come and it was a good opportunity, hey, I, I would take it. But it would have to be a good opportunity first, though. <laughs> but no, that's I do everything on my own. I mean, I, I, I don't have a manager. I don't have booking. I, I do everything. So, um, but I do have the, a great backing system, though, and, and people backing me. And that's why listening skills is important because I was going to ask you that question about a manager and stuff like that. But great advice also, Lee, about um, when I switched careers at about 47, 48, 
uh, you're too old, you don't have the college degree, uh, nobody wants an old man doing a podcast. And I've had a lot of people support me, uh, especially the younger generation, but I've also had um, uh, negative people and naysayers. And one thing also, too, uh, in any new career, not just music, but even in media, you're going to get your uh, successes, but you're also going to get your rejections. You just don't take them personally and use those rejections setbacks i call them mm -hmm. as motivation to even do better in the future yeah most definitely you you said it perfect right there you know that's what you got to do i mean um you know I, I you know i'm always i've always been a dreamer i will always dream until the day i die um i i, I think that you you always have to have those goals and those those dreams that you know of of what you want to be and what you want to accomplish and you know mine for the the very longest time was to be on the, the stage of the Grand Ole Opry. That, and that's because my dad, when I was a little girl, he would sit me up on the coffee table as a little old wooden coffee table. And my first name's Brenda. So I'm named after Brenda Lee, which is the lady who sang Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, Little Miss Dynamite. And he would say, Brenda Lee, you're going to be on the stage of the Grand Ole Opry one day. And so that stuck. He put it out into the universe. It, it stuck in my head. And then after losing him, it, it always was there. And then, you know, through these years, it's been like a drive. Like I want to be on the stage of the Opry because I felt in my heart that if I got to stand on the stage of the Grand Ole Opry and sing, that I would have this moment with my dad, that I would be like, oh, man, dad, I made it. I've, I've made it here. I've, I'm making you proud, you know. But you know, I, I've, and I've realized this within the last month or so in my quest of trying so hard to get on the Grand Ole Opry, I have lost sight of, of a lot of stuff. You know, I have accomplished so much in these last few years. I mean, getting to open up for legends like Ronnie Millsap and the Gatlin brothers and Diamond Rio getting ready to open for Randy Travis. I mean, I've sang with all these amazing people and you know what? I don't have to sing on that Grand Ole Opry to make my daddy proud. I don't. He is already so proud of me. And he's proud of me, too, for standing up for true country music. Because the Grand Ole Opry, I love the Grand Ole Opry. And there are a lot of artists and musicians that's still on there that, that bring that true essence of country music to the Grand Ole Opry and what country is, but but the, it's changed so much and it's become so commercialized. And um, you know, my daddy even did if he if he if he was here now, his his dream probably would be totally different because it's not the same Grand Ole Opry that him and I used to listen to when I was a little girl. So I, I I've stopped beating myself up over not getting to play that Grand Ole Opry because it's you know. I know that he's already proud. So that's what I just keep telling myself. And hey, if it's meant one day for me to do it, it'll be in, in God's timing and it'll be the right time. Two things I wanted to ask you about. Was there anybody else in your family that had musical talent? And uh, just thoughts on Randy Travis and how much he's meant to your music career as a performer and a, as a fan of his. Well, in my family, my dad was the only one. He played guitar, and he's actually um, on on the beginning of on the beginning of Unleashed. It's got a, a small clip of my daddy talking, and um, 
introducing me and him where we're at the cab stand and he's playing and me and him singing together. Um, and on the beginning of Crossroads, that's my daddy singing. I saw the light. Um, so he would play, but he didn't play professional. He, you know, he played at the cab stand and, um, but nobody else in my family was, um, musical. Um, but, um, you know, when I was a little girl, he, he's the one that, played Hank Williams and Patsy Cline and all these great, great artists. And right before he passed away in 89, that was a long time ago. Um, but right before he passed away in 89, you know, he started loving Keith Whitley. He loved Keith Whitley. Oh my gosh. And that's how I first started listening to Keith Whitley. And I think, you know, Keith Whitley passed away in 89 as well. Um, but he also loved Randy Travis. And he wore out that cassette with digging up bones. My daddy did. <laughs> and there is a, a small clip. I found it of where my daddy had me sing one of the Randy Travis songs when I was like seven or eight years old. And my daddy's playing the guitar and I'm like fumbling for words. I didn't have the words memorized good, but my daddy's trying to feed me the lines. It's so cute. I'm so nasally singing. I'm a little country, little mountain girl singing real nasally, you know, because her daddy's wanting her to sing. And, um, but it's so wild because back then sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, if my daddy knew all those years ahead that I would get to be a, a special guest opening for Randy Travis, you know, and that show, um, he would just be so ecstatic. I mean, he would be so excited and so happy for me. Um, and, and I'm super excited about getting to do this, this show uh, and get to meet Randy. I, you know, what they do is um, they have James Dupree come and he does the vocals uh, with Randy Travis's original band. And they do all, um, I think it's like 16 of Randy's hits. Um, and Randy and his wife sit on stage. Um, there's a, like a huge production. They do a lot of the videos and just, it's just a very um, intimate setting. And they really want people to interact with Randy and get to meet Randy. And, and I know for one, I'm so excited not, you know, for, to, to be able to be open and him, but to get to meet him, it's going to be a dream come true. Um, Cause you know, Ronnie Millsap was my other one. I was just so excited about getting to meet them because, you know, he's from North Carolina. Ronnie Millsap is. So when he found out I was too, he just grabbed my hand and, um, and Randy Travis is from North Carolina. So it's, it's pretty cool that, uh, to get to open up for him. For somebody that's never been to North Carolina or even Nashville, which is on my bucket list, what would you say to somebody who, uh, who's looking to visit uh, those states? Our city. Oh, yeah. well, well, they're, they're both beautiful. Um, of course, I'm more partial to North Carolina just because that's where I grew up. But I will, you know, I love staying in North Carolina. Um, and that's where we will reside for a long time, not unless we decide later on to move to Tennessee. But um, North Carolina is just just absolutely beautiful. Uh, the mountains, the scenery, and I'm all about, you know, I will take every back road there is. I'm just that, I am just that girl. And it sometimes it's good, but sometimes it's really bad if my fiance wants to get somewhere really quick and I'm wanting to take all these back roads. And <laughs> um, But I just, you know, I've never liked that whole fast life, fast, fast, 
moving space. I just, I love being able to be here and, and stay grounded. And then I go back and forth, you know, um, and do my thing. But North Carolina's just got some beautiful scenery places to go. Um, you know, I would, I would recommend it to anybody uh, to come to North Carolina. People are so nice. Um, you know, you need over in a lane, usually, Unless you get you get, get some places that are kind of crazy driving, but usually for the most part, everybody's kind of pretty courteous and nice. And um, Nashville is just amazing. Um, I would recommend probably going more towards Music Valley, uh, where the Troubadour and all that is. That's more of your traditional country. I think more downtown is turned into like a little mini Vegas. I don't go downtown much because it's just so like I said, it's so commercialized um, now. I, I stay more towards the music valley era and that that's where a lot of your your um your history and stuff is and with country music the real country music are you a fan of elvis presley and if so have you ever been to graceland well i love elvis i mean who does not love elvis i absolutely love elvis presley um i've done a lot of his songs um and i've met a lot of people that worked with elvis you know i did um opened up for um, well, T.G. Shepherd um, not long ago. And T.G., actually, uh, Elvis is the one that took him in when he was, like, he was homeless. And he took him in when he was, like, 13, 14. They went out. He tells a story about them, you know, he, him meeting Elvis. And he, I think they went bowling that night um, or skating. It was either bowling or skating. But from that point on, I mean, he ended up living with Elvis. Um, and uh, Ronnie McDowell, you know, opened up for him a couple times. And, you know, there's just a lot of history with that so it's pretty cool but yeah love elvis um and, but i have never it's coming though <laughs> it's coming to get a go to graceland but i've never got to go to graceland yet it is coming though my mom's a huge fan of elvis presley and i i might want to end up taking her her there as well uh, i'm going to put you on the spot here do you have a favorite particular elvis presley song and he did get into gospel music did he do that earlier in his career or later in his career i think well you know i think that he did a lot later but i think that he threw out the whole time i mean every time he sang i think you know it was very apparent when he sang gospel he just had that call and he had that gift of where he you know, you, you sing it. I mean, it's just like you listen to Elvis sing gospel song and it's just like, wow, it's just amazing. Um, and it's very touching. But, you know, I think I think my favorite Elvis song and it was a gospel song. But the when he done the bridge over troubled water and I guess it's really I mean, it could be gospel or he didn't, you know, but that was one that I always heard him do that um, really touched me. Um, and I'm trying to think, gosh, he just had so many, um, I can't help falling in love with you. I love that one. I love all, I mean, there's so many, I, I could just go on and on and on. Um, it's funny though, um, uh, my little boy cash, he, we kind of gave him a hard time, um, at Christmas because he, <laughs> it was, um, oh gosh. Oh, what was the name of the song? Here comes Santa Claus. Uh, and he want my he wanted to hear the original like the Gene Autry version, and my fiance kept playing the Elvis. He's like, no, I can't understand him. I can't understand him. <laughs> it was really cute just because he's so little and he don't understand that it's you know, hey, that's Elvis Presley. You're gonna love that one day. <laughs> oh, skating! I see really little right there. Yeah, I was skating. Yeah, yeah Dale Houston. 
That's my fiance. <laughs> hey, oh, hi, Dell. Thank you so much for watching. And uh, I'm hoping I'm doing a good job with uh, with Lee on here as well. And this is great. I just love hearing about your stories and stuff like that. I'm telling you, we have a lot of a lot of stories. Like I said, our our new our new single, um, and it's going to be on his album. You'll have to get him on your show next. He's um, releasing his album before long, and he just released his first single, "What the Buck," happened yeah. to country music. And um, then we just did "Burning Boats." So uh, it's such a beautiful love song. So I'm still, I'll be honest, I'm still new to country music, but. Uh, <laughs> I've had guests on lately and I'm really enjoying it. And I'm a, I admit I'm a seventies, eighties classic rock guy, but listening hey, to country I love music, it too. Just, I, I'm now becoming a fan of country music because I, I just love the, uh, the passion of the music and then the upbeat songs as well. And uh, music, when you're having a tough time in life can get you, can help you get through it. And, and now I understand why some people go into the industry, not just for the fame, but it's because they're passionate about it and it helps them cope with their situations in their life as well. And, and they, and they love to give back to the audience, like entertain them. Oh yeah. And that's where uh, I feel and, and that's that's the ones that I support because I love I love giving support to other artists. I always have. If I feel like they're genuine people and they're doing it for the right reasons, you know, you get some, you know, and that's with any any kind of line of work, anything you run into, you're going to find the ones that are, are you know, out for what they can get. And, you know, and those are the ones you have to kind of just look out for. But you you've got a a lot of people out there that are really genuine and they uh, are doing it all for the right reasons. And you can tell that, you know, I know I, th I thank God. That's one thing he uh, really gifted me with was um, common sense and a sense of being able to pick up on things. And um, yeah. And so I, I love helping other artists if I can, whatever I can do. I mean, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm like a little peon in this whole thing, you know, but I'm willing to help anybody and I, yeah, I, I want to see people shine and have their moments because there's, there's enough people and people love so many things. There's enough for every artist to, to shine and be able to share their, their music. And, and um, I've just always been that way. I've never been a, a jealous type person. So pay it forward is what I say. And uh, if I'm lucky enough to make it in the radio industry, I will do the same thing as well because I've had yeah. people help me support me and I would like to do the same thing as well. Yeah. And I've had people, you know, different ones. Yeah. Like, especially like even on, well, the, you know, on the, the, the unleashed album, you know, I did, um, and it's the only cover that I have on the album, but it was a, a big one. Uh, and we've talked about it, but it was, uh, it hit number one on the Indie Express chart. Um, and the Working Girl Blues is a cover of a Merle Haggard song, Working Man Blues. Uh, Leona Williams, who was married to Merle Haggard, um, she actually did the song Working Girl Blues Um years later um and and recorded it and so um Dale had turned me on to Leona Williams and I just absolutely fell in love with her and so I, I started doing the song live at my shows and I'm like gosh I gotta record this and so I'm sitting there one day in my car and I'm like thinking as those wheels turning and I'm like man I'm just gonna reach out and how cool would it be to record this and I'm gonna 
I want to ask, I'm going to send Leona a message and I'm going to see if she'll sing with me on it, you know? And then my producer was like, well, I'll send a message to Pam Tillis and see if she'll sing with you on it. And I'm like, do you think that she would like to me? Really? You think you're going to send that? And he was like, yeah. So he sent it to Pam Tillis. Leona said yes. Pam came back and said, yes, I'll be on it too. And I'm sitting here freaking out, you know, because I, I was like, oh, my dear Lord, this is this is happening. You know, this is cool. And so, um, and then Leroy Parnell came and played the slide on. I mean, it just, that song ended up being so awesome. Um, and it is it is a powerhouse. And, you know, if Merle was still alive today, I know that he would absolutely love it. And he would be jealous of the track because it sounds awesome. <laughs> it, since we're talking, really since, awesome. since we're talking about this and, and we talked about it in a in message, um, do I have your permission to use the uh, working blues uh, song right now on our show? You sure do. Okay, just because I know how funny YouTube and Facebook are with copyright stuff, so I make oh, sure yes. when, when I have okay, because when I have musicians on my show as guests, I always like to ask them, and I like to promote your work here in Ontario, uh, in Canada as well. So just one second, I'm going to play the clip okay. right here. Yeah. <laughs> It's a big job getting by trying to be a wife. I've been a working girl, damn near all my life, and I'll keep on working. As long as my two hands are fit to use. I may drink a little beer in a tavern, sing a little bit of these working girls. Stone to work hard every day. I'd get a little wild on the weekend after I throw my pay, but I'll go back working. I gotta buy my kids a brand new pair of shoes. Yeah, I have a ball on the weekend trying to leave these working girl blues. Say hey, hey, working girl, the working girl like me. I ain't never been on welfare, and that's one place I won't be, cause I'll be working. Come Monday morning, I'm right back with the crew. I may pick a little tune in a tavern, and sing a little bit of these working girl blues. Working girl blues. So hey, hey, 
working girl, a working girl like me. I ain't never been on welfare, and that's one place I won't be. Cause I'll be working, working, as long as my two hands are fit to you. Yeah, I'll drink a little beer in a tavern, trying to lose these working girls. Yeah, I'll pick a little tune in a tavern, trying to lose these working girls. This right here goes out to the man, Mr. Merle. And that's about all there is to my story about that working girl. That clip was courtesy of Lee Newton's uh, YouTube channel. And uh, what a positive, upbeat, and catchy song. And um, what, how satisfying was it when it was released and put onto your album? All I got to say is, like, the whole process from getting to meet Leona, singing with her in the vocal booth, then getting that to be around Pam while she was doing hers and her singing harmony. I mean, these ladies singing harmony with me and me singing it with them. And, um, you know, Leroy Parnell was super, super just awesome. And I finally, you know, got, he came here uh, probably five minutes from where I live. So I got to go and meet him a few months or last month and get to get on stage and do this song with him at the Don Gibson Theater. And I'm telling you, um, you know, Eugene Moles, who played with Merle, played the guitar on that, uh, brought that Bakersfield sound. Uh, Joe Reed played bass. I mean, you know, it was just that song is just top notch. And like I said, Merle Merle be like, man, that track is awesome. You know, I could just, uh, I, I know that he would. He'd be, he'd be jealous of it. <laughs> How long did it take you to write the song and to record the song? Well, on what? Which song? Uh, the Working Girls. Blues. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't write that one. Now that's the one yep. that Merle and um, and then Leona. She she's on the album with me, okay. but she's the one. Um, to, to record it, like record we it. laid down the track, and by the time we had to get pieces put here and pieces put there, it was a total of probably like two to three months, but it was separate. You know, we were doing other stuff and getting everything else ready with the other out, the other songs. Uh, but to get the final thing, it was probably two or three months rounding everything together, and that's why. I, like even on this Crossroads album, I can't believe I got all of those artists, everybody lined up, everything done in, in that one. Because it's a lot. It's a lot to, because uh, everybody's got their own schedules and are so busy. And, um, you know, it's, but, but yeah, Working Girl Blues, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of every song that I've done so far. Um, but I'm extremely proud of that one because that one, that, you know, it was the first time I'd ever had another artist kind of say, believe in me, 
reach out and be like, okay, I want to get, I'm, I can do this. I'll do this for you, Lee. You know, they didn't have to. They could have easily said, nah, I'm, I'm so busy or whatever, but they did it, you know, and that really, that meant so much to me. And it still does to this day um, that they took that extra little gut feeling maybe that they had inside and they went with it. So, um, and gave me a shot to, to sing with me. So um, I, I know that I'm so super proud of it. It means a lot when people believe in you. And I know when I first started this process, uh, the first four months, I wasn't very good, but I kept at it. I couldn't get guests on. And then all of a sudden I had one guest, an actress from LA, come on, believed in me. And since then, 260 plus guests and people hey, from the people from your country, Canada, from Australia have come on my show and it's unbelievable because uh, I have to be honest, it was hard at the beginning uh, starting a new career and when people don't believe yeah. in you, but it makes a world of difference when you have people, especially people that are well known in the industry of in whatever career you are, believing well, in you. Well, you know, I know, and I know you'll understand this because you've been in sports, but you know, um, I've had even, you know, a lot of sports, a lot of events that uh, and people who have reached out to me um, that I've got to do some stuff with some sporting events, um, the Clemson University. I've done um, their um, golf tournament the last three years where I've gotten to perform and I've gotten to sing the national anthem. And I'm telling you, those guys have been so nice to me. They have like, I've, I'm kind of like their little sister and um, they've been so, so awesome. And, you know, I just got through announcing um, just a couple weeks ago um, that I'm going to get to do the the uh, concert at Lucas Oil Race at the Show Me 100 in Wheatfield, um, awesome. um, Missouri, which is like huge because you know it's in front of like 10,000 people, and I get to do um, a concert a pre-concert, then I get to be the Grand Marshal and I get to sing my song Red, White, and Blue. I get to do the National Anthem. And, you know, that was another thing where they had um, two huge artists before. They had Aaron Tippin the year before. They had um, 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 Lee Greenwood uh, the year before that. You know, and we get back to that thing of somebody leaping, standing out on faith and, and giving you a shot, you know, they have given me a shot, you know, um, because, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, Lee Newton, who is Lee Newton, you know, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, hey, they're, they're, they've watched me for a couple of years and they've seen what I've been doing and they're taking a gamble and they're like, hey, we're going to have you come and do this and I'm going to give them the best darn concert they've ever heard. It's going to be so awesome and hopefully be able to, to have a, a, several more friends to add to my, my Newton Nation family. <laughs> One thing I wanted to ask you, and I and this is just off the top of my head, do you have your own recording studio, or do you guys like rent out one, or how does that work? No, we um, you know, my first album uh, started going to Omni Studios in Nashville. Um, Bill McDermott, um, who was my producer, um, he I had had reached out to him talking because I was like, man, you know, he's produced 
a lot of people. I mean, he produced George Strait. Um, he did work with Amy Lou Harris and he did stuff with Martina McBride. And I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, I was sitting there thinking, so I, I'd wrote him, I'd sent him some of the songs that I had first started writing that I was interested in recording. And so he's the one that first did my, my first, uh, undamaged album. And, um, you know, when I came back to him and he'd seen how much I'd done, you know, he was like, wow, you've been busy, you know, because uh, I'm sure he gets people that comes in there, maybe records a couple songs and then they're on their way or, you know, life happens and maybe they don't do anything with it. But um, he's, you know, he's the one that did my Unleashed album. And then, you know, Dale and I, you know, got together. And when I started talking to Dale and tell him about Bill and, you know, and he did um, a song for uh, Dale two years ago, it was the first Christmas song. Um, but, I, you know, Dale fell in love with how he does. And he is just, he's, so he's our producer. I mean, Bill McDermott is just so awesome. He, he really has a great ear and he, and he lets you contribute to what you want. He don't try to change you or change your sound. You know, he lets you, um, he'll, he'll give you suggestions and, but Usually he, he, he kind of pegs you. He knows what you're wanting. I mean, from what you talk to him about, he's, um, he's super awesome. I would highly recommend him to anybody. But, well, if, if you somebody... can see though, we're, we are, we, we got our green. So this is downstairs. This is our studio yeah. downstairs. We have our office. We have all of our music memorabilia, but um, yeah, we are, we are in the process of getting everything done to where we have our own, like a, a practicing studio, a thing where we can do our lives and our and, and record some stuff. Um, but yeah, um, we're super excited about that. One thing I wanted to ask you as well, Lee, uh, for who's ever watching this live streamed or on audio or my radio station, a cheap plug here, WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Metro Atlanta. What advice would you give to somebody who's just starting out in the music industry? What would be the first thing you would say to them? Well, the first thing, you know, there's no easy way to do anything. It's not like, a, you know, oh, you can do this and you're going to be here. It's all comes from your heart. It's a lot of hard work. Be true to yourself. Have a good support system around you and, and be focused and know what you're wanting. What, what, what's your expectation? What are you wanting from what you're going after? Um, you know, and I know, you know, I, I've had people, um, come and ask me that same question. I'm like, you know, there's really not a lot of advice except for just try to really surround yourself with good people because, you know, I have been fortunate um, with that because, you know, I'm very, and, and I'm very strong-willed and I, like I said, I've got a sense of, of, of common sense, but, you know, a lot of young people that come into this business, you know, there are still some of those people out there, unfortunately, that really um, thrives on people being gullible and promising them the moon. So if people promise you stuff, you better make sure that uh, you, you, you're going to get no promises. Uh, they can't, you know, if they want a lot of money and all that, please just do not do that. You know, be, don't be gullible because um, that's just not how it works. Okay, and Dill was saying green screen studio. Yeah, green screen. It's not like a recording studio. It's a yeah, it's a green screen. We'll we'll do some uh, lives and stuff on there. Oh, Miss Krista, Krista, I love Krista. Yes. She's from Kentucky. Yeah. 
So I'm just learning to get my audience more involved in my shows as well. And and uh, I just want to say thank you to your uh, uh, followers and uh, your fiance for watching this podcast show as well, because I'm trying to brand, build up my audience and brand and uh, spread the word of mouth. And uh, like I said, a podcast is yeah. only as good as its guests. I'm very <laughs> lucky. Well, I will be sharing this to everybody too. And I, I'm sure Dale's already found it and he has shared it. So that's because um, I didn't know exactly what to share, but I will most definitely uh, get it shared as well too. And one thing I've learned, and I think this probably goes for the music industry as well, is don't be somebody that you're not. Always be true to yourself. And what yeah. I'm like when I'm with you right now is what I'm like in real life. Exactly. And and that's me. What you see is what you get. Um, you know, I, 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 I try to be a good person. I try to make good decisions. I try to be good to other people. Um, you know, uh, yes, I, I do have my days and, and people see them. I mean, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very real with people um, on online because, uh, you know, I, I love to play dress up and I love to, to, to be silly. I love to dance. I love to sing, but I love having my ball cap on. I love being barefoot. I love dancing in the rain. I just, I love life, you know, and sometimes, you know, you know, we, we have those moments where maybe we don't feel good and it's okay to not feel good. And it's okay to, to have a day where you're even a couple of days where you're just like, Oh gosh, yeah. you know, I just don't want to do this or I just don't want to get up. But, you know, it, it, you know, you have to allow yourself to, to, to have a moment, you know, and then you just get back up and you, and you know, you start looking around and you thank God you have really, you know, um, blessed me a lot. You know, and you have to look at those blessings that you got. And um, I'm uh, I'm alive. I'm healthy, and I'm doing something that I want to do. And uh, this internet is really amazing. If you use it the right way, is the right tool, it really does shrink the world down. And I've met people in the industries I never thought I would hear, as such as yourself oh, yeah. as well today. Yeah, it's and it's even amazing on the recording side. You know, we were just talking about this. Mandel was the other day, you know, used to, you know, you had to figure it out to where you guys met up in the, the studio if they were far apart. And now you you can. Well, perfect example. I did long black train or even with Rhonda Vincent. You know, when we recorded, we didn't record even in the same studio. You know, they were both, I think, um, well, Rhonda, she lives in Missouri and Tony Jackson lives in West, or no, he lives in Virginia. So he sent his vocals here. You know, I say so, so much technology and you, I mean, you hear what it turns out. It's like, wow, you're just like, almost like you're in the studio singing together. You know, it's just, it's pretty wild. Absolutely. Now, have you ever performed outside of the States, like let's say Canada or would you No, no? I would love to though. Okay. I would if, absolutely love to. Cause if you ever do come to Canada or the province of Ontario, we call them provinces, which are like States uh -huh. in the States. But if you ever come to Ontario or the Toronto area, please let me know. Cause I'd be glad to see you perform live uh -huh. in person. And I'd love to continue to promote your music and stuff like that. Cause it's, I really enjoy your music and, and I, appreciate well, it thank you thank you so much and i would absolutely love to do that that would be super awesome and if you know of any places you just send them my way and and or their contacts and we will uh we'll try to make that happen okay and dill's <laughs> just saying something she made a great pirate last week pirate <laughs> what's going on with that <laughs> uh i went to my first ren fair i was so excited 
Um, and we, uh, yeah, he took me to my first Renaissance fair and we got to be pirates. So I got to dress up as a pirate and I'm so, so excited because it was just so cool. I mean, you got to walk around, everybody was all in these different costumes and it was just, it was a very great, um, experiences to kind of get uh, a little weekend away. And so, um, I'm saying that's what I was talking about, you know, having somebody to live life with and just be amazing having fun he's just like me so we just have the greatest time and little cash you know we just we just have so much fun with him and let him have his imagination and you know it's just it's a great life god's really what i thought was my life being completely torn apart god put it all back together the way it needed to be so one thing about life too, life it, it can be short, and uh, like you said, everybody, everybody, I don't care who you are, has had to go through hard times in their lives, and and you just got to keep the faith and believe in yourself as well. One thing, are you okay for a few more minutes and a couple yeah. more quick questions? Okay. Yeah. Um, the CD industry is it still is are a lot of songs still getting recorded to CDs or it's now basically live stream and do you have any music on vinyl records? I never thought I'd see it a day. Uh, vinyl records are back in. I know, and, and they make them so expensive to wear. Like, gosh, you would have to you would have to charge somebody a pretty good little bit just to even barely make anything, you know. But I would love. Now I'll tell you something that um, that that has been in the talks for the near future about the vinyl because I love the vinyl. I think it would be cool. You know, like I said, Dale is doing his his album. You know, I've done mine. We're eventually going to do a duets album, kind of like the way George and Tammy did. You know, um, Leona and Merle. You know, and and I told them I was like, you know, it would be really cool. If when we do that, if we offer a vinyl one and have all the cool stuff inside of it and have the cover, I just think that would be so awesome. Uh, but they still do. Uh, well, we have, well, right here, this was T.G. Shepard. Uh, he had signed it to me and Dale. But yeah, he, you know, he has, that. people are still doing the vinyls. I mean, we, we have them all the time. We've got a bunch right here. Um, so that, that would be something really cool I'd love to do, but they are really expensive. Um, now CDs, I always usually get CDs, um, because the way the industry works now, you know, uh, and being a songwriter and I own publishing and I own the songwriting stuff, but streaming, when people stream, you know, you'd have to get a lot of streams and a lot of people on your Spotify and try to be, you know, it'd have to be up there to be able to even really even kind of make something from it because it's penny i mean like not even pennies on the i mean it's like this part of a penny every i mean it's very very minute it's very little yeah. um so you as a songwriter or a musician you make your money through your your shows and your sale of your merchandise well a lot of the cars don't have CD players anymore. No, no, they don't. I just bought a new Trailblazer, Chevy Trailblazer, and I guess they just figure people don't listen to CDs anymore. I still yeah. do, but unfortunately yeah, now, but unfortunately now, I don't have a CD player to, to listen to music. So now I got to listen Spotify and and, yeah. and stuff like that. And see, and like I said, we do. I mean, you know, it's it's good to get your numbers up because everybody looks at those numbers like you know, it's kind of like a popularity thing. Oh well, oh she's got that much or she's got that many. Um, but, um, you know, I, I still do the CDs for the people who I think that 
um, you know, they, they want it either where they can play it because they still have CD players or, you know, it's something that they can have personalized of you where you can sign it to them. You know, it's still something that you can offer. I've seen a lot of people uh, do like the downloads and they're like on a, uh, like Edwin McCain, I had sang with him and he did uh, like, it was like a guitar pick almost. And it had his picture in this really thick plastic and he signed it. And it's like a, you could download the CD from this barcode. Um, Rhonda Vincent has like little USB things or whatever, you know, and, and, and hers is like a little, um, I want to say like a mandolin or a fiddle. It's, it's something like that shaped like that, you know, uh, but there, I mean, we're having to become really creative, you know, because, you know, the market, the way it is, you know, it's changed. It has changed. And, and even on songwriting, when you get played, you don't get a lot of royalties from it. I think my first really? royalty wow. check was like $2 and something. Wow. I had no idea. And <laughs> Dill was saying only what? Three tenths of a oh, cent per yeah. uh, stream. Wow. I had yeah, no idea. Yeah. You do not. So, you know, even and the reason I try to get people over to the Spotify or the Apple just to get the numbers up, you know, just because it is such a popular when people go to book, you, they look at your numbers and see how many people listen to your music, you know, but yeah, you don't make anything really from it. Um, people, people would laugh. They saw what I've made as opposed to what I've put into to doing wow. it. So, <laughs> And I am subscribed to your Spotify channel, by the way. And your YouTube channel as well. And it, it's a lot. And, and for me, I'm trying to build up my audience. It's a lot of work and it takes time. It is. It takes well, time. And there's so many social media platforms. You know, TikTok was really good to me when I first started it because it was during the pandemic and not a lot of people were using it for music at that time. Now it's like everybody is. But, you know, I ended up with like almost 150,000 followers there. Um, so I did really good on that. But then it just does not get it out to any of your following. So you, it's hard to build a loyal base going, you know, with people because they don't see your content. So I still post on there. But I started working on ones that um, I had not done, like Twitter um, and YouTube. Um, and, you know, I do a lot with Facebook, uh, some with Instagram. But, um, you know, it's hard. There's and you, and, it, and you have to use all of those platforms to, you know, every one of them benefits you in some way. So you're, you're crazy if you don't use them to your full advantage, if you're in any kind of situation where you need to promote yourself or your business um, because there's such you know great uh, platforms to to do that but it is a lot of work absolutely i do everything myself i do not have yep. a co-host i do not have producers and uh, yep. some nights i'm up to three four in the morning uh doing social d d and i promote you know content creating oh yeah yeah the past right year back, I did over my fingers get yep. just so sore sometimes i just have to like take a break and i used to try to respond to every single body and you know i, I had hard and i would sit up late 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 at night and then i would just be like a zombie the next morning but you know i try to do what i can do and i try not to put so much on me to where i feel like i have failed um i i, I if i i'll start the next day and i'll be like okay i'll start commenting again on this you know or because i want people to know that i do read their stuff yes. and i do they it means the world to me when they write me stuff but sometimes you know there is a lot of a comment and it's hard to, I don't want to just respond very little 
because they write some of the sweetest things to me. So I really, I know that it's heartfelt and I, and I take it as heartfelt. So I don't want to just respond very, very quick, you know, so, um, cause I really, I, I appreciate them so much because if they, you know, they didn't listen or they didn't share my stuff, it all starts with them too. Um, you know, been able to, 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 to have those relationships with them. It means a lot. And I just joined TikTok a couple of years ago because I always thought, ah, it's for young kids, teenagers. <laughs> I'm too old for it. But one of my friends talked me into it, and it's been a great experience. I promote my uh -huh. guests like yourself, promote myself, and yeah. I promote all my media work on there. And I think I met you on TikTok with one of your videos, by the way. I think. Oh, did your, you really? I, oh, I think, okay. yeah, I think that's how I, I discovered you was on, on wow. TikTok. Yeah. Oh, so, that's cool. So I was thinking it was Twitter for some reason. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Actually, yeah, TikTok. And then I found you on Twitter. And uh, like I said, we reconnected right away. And uh, it's just uh, amazing. I'm still in shock that for 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 when I first started this, I couldn't get anyone to come on. And now I, I've actually had some people contact me to come on. And I'm very lucky and I'm very humble. And really? no matter how successful I get, I'm not going to change. Well, you're going to do just fine. And I'm sure you're going to get plenty, plenty more. I'll be having to beg to be on your show. I'll be well, like, let me. <laughs> well, I just can't wait to one day hear you perform live because I really uh -huh. do like your music. And uh, you're just such a uh, happy, energetic, positive person. And uh, you're passionate about your, your craft as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, I think it has a lot to do with the way I grew up and it, you know, the morals that my daddy taught me, you know, my dad, most definitely, he, he, he did a lot of, he did a lot of good in those, those years that I was around him. I didn't have many memories with him, but he sure enough, um, he put a lot of, of good lessons, life lessons, um, on me. So, and there's and Troy. Hey, Troy. Troy. Thank you so much, Troy, for watching. I really appreciate it. And uh, is this the first Canadian podcast you? This, yeah, this is the first Canadian one that I have been on. So this is a first for me. This is awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and you know what? I was lucky too. My mom, uh, she went through a lot when her my father passed away, and she down a lot. And uh, I became the person because of her too. So I, I'm very fortunate oh. in that way. Well, then you need to listen to my song, Be the Man. Okay. I will do that later. You need later to listen afternoon. to that song. Dude. And then Krista, <laughs> she's the real deal. I'm also glad oh. I caught this interview. It's been fantastic. Hey, Krista, um, thank you for watching, but it's the guest. I'm just the uh, host guy that asks questions. And Krista is so amazing. She's got little Daisy May, and Daisy May one day is going to get up and sing Carolina with me. Um, I just love her. They, they're from Kentucky and just good people. Okay. Do you have time for a few more minutes? Couple what more time minutes? is it anyway? It's one thirty-five. Oh, we're good. Yeah. One thirty-five. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, I wanted to ask you this question. What was it like winning an album of the year at the Josie Music Awards and then winning Country <laughs> Album of the Year Award for 21-22 for Undamaged and Unleashed? Man, I'm telling you, well, you know, the first award that I won, which was Vocalist of the Year, I had not even recorded a song yet. So to, to get chose when I didn't even have an original song at that time, uh, this was back in 2020. And this is during the time where I was having people in my ear saying, oh, you ain't good enough. You can't do this. You can't do that. And when I won that album or that 
vocalist of the year. I mean, I just wanted to cry because, you know, it just really kind of gave me like a pat on the back, like, hey, you you can do this. You know, you've got people that that want to hear you. You know, you're you're not this little nobody that people have tried to make you out to be. Um, and then, you know, the, the next year when I um, won for uh, Undamaged, the album of the year on 2021, that was huge. Um, because those songs, you know, um, there was so much heart that had went into those songs because of what I had went through that prior year of being almost completely, literally homeless to having to rebuild and, and, and um, just kind of, and doing all this, trying to, you know, keep a smile on my face and keep hope and keep strength and, you know, raising little cash and keeping, you know, just, there was just a lot um, in, in here. And just, it was just, when I got up there to accept the award for undamaged, it was very, very, um, it was a very humbling experience, but I knew that that was another God wink that I was like, Hey, this is what you're supposed to do, you know. Um, and then when I won last year, oh my gosh, I just, I was just, there's no words to describe it because, you know, it was held at the Grand Ole Opry. It was the JMAs, but it was at the Grand Ole Opry house. Um, you know, so there was a moment when I won the album of the year and they called my name and they played and we were, we were, we had our seats in the front row now. So they, they called my name. And as I got up to walk on stage, they played my song, Strength of a Woman. So when I got up there and looking down at my empty seat in that front row, it was almost kind of like, hey, maybe my daddy's sitting there watching me on the stage of the Grand Ole Opry and my song's playing. <laughs> I might not be singing, but my song was playing. Um, so it was just, you know, that those are accomplishments, you know, yeah, it's, you know, it's, and it's a, it's a award, you know, and it's a material thing, but just to be recognized for, for, for writing your songs and singing and, and the whole album is just, that's your whole piece of work. That's not for just one song. That's the whole piece it's everything that went into that that album all those months of writing all those months of you know recording all the months of putting everything together doing the artwork I mean it, it, it's a lot and to see it all come together at the end it was you know and, and to win album of the year for it huge so huge and then you know the JMAs um this will be the fourth year they um they're actually doing, they're finishing up submissions where you could submit all your, your stuff to, to, to be, uh, to be looked at to see if you get any nominations for this year. It'll be in October um, at the Grand Ole Opry House. And um, May 4th is when they will announce the nominations for that. So fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> oh, I just love him. Well, and I'm proud and I'm now proud to be your new Canadian fan and friend Yay! as well. Oh, thank you so much. This is, this has been awesome. I'm telling you, yeah, I, I'm, um, you know, my, the one thing I'm really hoping is I, I, I did submit, uh, the video for change the ending, um, uh, which is the one that I wrote, uh, for mental illness. And, um, it's, you know, I submitted it for a uh, social impact song of the year. 
and social impact video. So um, I, I'm really hoping and praying, fingers crossed, um, that, you know, maybe I'll get a nomination for them. I'm hoping because um, that those songs, that song really has a lot to say and it touches people. You know, it says stuff that really people were really going through. So definitely have to check that out. Um, I'm just got two more questions I want to ask you. Okay. I'm definitely, I would like to, I would love to have you back on as a guest as well, because oh, there's some other stuff yeah. I could get into. I could probably talk to you for three or four hours, but. Uh, oh, I'm sure. You know, when I first met my fiance, we talked for 12 hours straight. I mean, wow. I can talk. <laughs> wow. Have you thought about hosting your own podcast show? Hey, I have thought about that. I literally have thought about that because I would, I would be able to, I would be able to talk a lot and uh, listen. I'm a good listener too, but I, I do like to talk and I'm, I'm good at uh, doing that. So yeah, maybe that's something in the future. Maybe if you do, I'll have to be a guest on your show. Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, definitely. Hey, uh, I listened to your show, uh, one song yesterday. Uh, can you just tell us about the Red, White, Blue song? What inspired it? And uh, what was it like performing the song on Today in Nashville? Okay, this song, oh my goodness, it is so special. Um, this song right here started out as um, one of my friends. I'll tell you a little backstory, and then I'll tell you why it's so special to me. Um, it started out as one of my friends. Um, she had this summer love and she's so beautiful and has this little blonde head, little cute little girl. And she found love and she was posting these pictures of, of her, her, her new man and their summer love. And then all of a sudden she's posting this picture of, you know, these army or the, the, the camouflage greens and these red, white, and blue clothes. She said, he's packing these greens and we're packing our red, white, and blue because he's getting ready to go off. And I'm telling you, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I'm like, and for two weeks, because Dale was on the road, and I'm like, I kept telling him, I'm like, honey, I'm writing a song about this, because like, I just cannot get it out of my head. Like, I just, I, I mean, I just kept on and on and on for two weeks. So I remember getting the first part of it done. I got home, and I called him, and I played that first little section for him. And I'm like, this is what I've got so far. I said, do you want to write this song uh, with me? And so that night when he got stopped, uh, we got on speakerphone with each other. And that was the first song that we finished. And that was our first, we want to call it like a, a, a baby born into the world. Because that was a song that, you know, it was the first song that we'd wrote together. And it was... Um, it turned out so beautiful in the studio and Mike Rogers, um, he plays with Ricky Skaggs and he is now with brother, brothers of the heart. Well, he's, he's with all of them. He's so busy too, but he plays with brothers of the heart with Jimmy fortune and Bradley Walker and, um, Ben Isaacs. And so, um, but Michael Rogers sang with me on this song. Uh, Tim Watson played the fiddle. And he was actually on the show that you're talking about. He actually plays with Kid Rock, uh, the fiddle player. Um, and so, um, but this song, I have played it several times uh, since it has been uh, released. Um, and getting to do it on today in Nashville, I did that one in Caroline. I got to do two songs. And both of those songs are very special to me. Um, and having Tim there um, and just everybody that played with me, um, 
the band was super amazing. Um, Stuart French, um, he just got through playing the Grand Ole Opry. I mean, he had Lance Derry, which he, you know, he plays with, uh, he's, well, he's played with Patty Loveless, played with Randy Travis. I mean, you name it. You know, these, these are top-notch musicians. Tim Watson on the fiddle um, and Ricky Randolph was on the drums and Joe Reed, who played on Working Girl uh, with me, he was on bass. And so I felt surrounded by great musicians and, and getting to do that on that Nashville stage. It was, wow. It was just um, an amazing moment because I had never done anything like that before. So um, being on TV and just, you know, I don't know. It was just, it was a, a great moment. And I felt like, um, you know, seeing it live at eight something in the morning. Woo! <laughs> That's a hard thing to do. And, you know, because your voice is not warmed up. So I think it really turned out great to be like eight something in the morning. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not really a morning person either. I'm more of an afternoon or a night owl. Oh, well, I'm a morning person, but my voice sometimes is not a morning person. Usually I sound like a little frog in the morning until I get like talking and warmed up. But. That leads, that leads to ask me, do you have a vocal coach or what do you use on your voice to keep it in shape or whatever? I sing a lot. I sing all the time. I never had a vocal coach. Um, I've never done any, I don't do any of the exercises. I sing. I, I sing in the car. I sing in the house. I sing all the time. If I hear something, mama singing it. Um, and I think that that uh, might the uh, I, I know over the years it's gotten even better and stronger and um, the more I've been in like even the in the studio um, you know my producer the way he's done certain things and helped me too has helped me in the way I sing live um, but yeah I've never had any kind of training or anything I think I've had I've heard some people talk about how sometimes that takes away from what they're doing like their normal Okay. sound you know that makes them so i've always kind of been scared of it <laughs> what's the longest you've ever performed like concert wise like uh just performed uh like two three hours one hour and uh oh. do, do you drink a lot of water or tea after a performance no i drink a lot of water i am a huge water and coffeeaholic both oh, of them okay. i'm a coffeeaholic so i have to drink a lot of water um you know i I don't sing as many as long as I used to just because of what I do now. It's more like a, a small concert or I'm opening up. So usually that's four or five songs or like this, um, the racing one's going to be 45 minutes to a 50 minute concert. Um, but back in the day, you know, in my, my, my bar scene uh, days where I would play every Friday, Saturday, not lugging in, all the equipment, you know, when going and eating the Waffle Houses at four or five o'clock in the morning, you know, those nights, oh my gosh, I would sing four to five hours straight. Wow. And you talking wow. about, oh yeah. And we played, I mean, everything. Like I said, I sang, I wasn't just sitting there. I mean, it was a show and we put on a show. We, we did everything that you can possibly even imagine as far as music wise um and just put on one heck of a show and i mean i would be drained i mean i would just but even after those shows this is how i've always been you know we play these shows and i would be the first one at the door 
at the end of the night and what, as everybody was leaving, I'm telling everybody, thank them for, for coming, you know, because, you know, they, they hung around with me and they came out to see the show and I wanted to tell them, thank you and tell them bye. And, and, and a lot of those people are still my friends today. They followed me all these years, you know, so, um, most definitely, most definitely, um, I've, I've, I've had a lot, a, a lot to talk about throughout the years. So, and I try to do that with my audience as well. And, uh, I've made so many, not just connections on here, but I've made so many new friendships and mm. my podcast really isn't a local podcast. It's really international. And I've been very lucky. And, uh, Krista who's watching this says, I'm glad I caught this interview. And I'm oh. loving it. Well, thank you, Krista. It's the guest that makes the show good. I'm just the host guy. I'm just the host. So. Oh, you're more than just the host guy. You're awesome. You're asking amazing questions. I mean, I think my I think my former profession, which I wasn't happy in, in a way helped me prepare for this. Because in my 20s, I was very shy. And I don't think I would have been ready for this. So uh, yeah. I think in a way, uh, I won't name my other company, but... Uh, having to deal with the public for 20 plus years at my other job, I think it's helped me prepare for this because I yeah. think I've learned how to speak better to people and the public and, and try yeah. to ask good questions. And sometimes uh, questions come right on my head. I've learned how to do ab living as well. Cause when I first uh -huh. started this well, show, you're awesome. Yeah. So you're I, I still, have, I'm still a work in progress. I tell people. Uh, you, I think we're all still a work in progress. Like I said, if we ever stop learning, or, or think that we're at, at the point where we're perfect, we might as well just turn around and just sit down because we're not. <laughs> okay. It is 149, so I'm going to wrap this up because I know you got to leave. But can you just tell my Canadian audience here about your next tour dates? And you've you answered the second part already about Canada. Hopefully one day you will. But your next tour dates. And uh, where can my audience follow you on social media and your website? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, the, the tour day's coming up, you know, I'm going to be playing in Missouri um, at the Lucas Oil Show Me uh, 100, which I'm super excited about. Um, I'm going to be um, opening for Randy Travis in July. There's a, um, I'm co-hosting um, a music awards show. Uh, actually this weekend, uh, I'll be performing at it. Um, you know, I'm just constantly adding different shows um, throughout the year, but you can go and find all of this information at Lee Newton official, um, dot com. Um, it has everything on there. I have so many like cool little things that just kind of pictures of the, the people that I've met. I always say, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants because those are the people who have helped me. Um, but yeah, it's got everything on there. My store on there, the, you know, um, there's, um, gosh, there's all kinds of stuff. There's some music on there, but please, um, check out um me on twitter um tiktok it's all lee newton music um and facebook tell me that you see me from uh, from this show and uh, i will be like hey I'll, I'll accept you as a friend i'll be like hey i know you <laughs> definitely and uh if you can give me about maybe 20 25 minutes i'll have this episode downloaded to my audio platforms and i mm -hmm. want to say thank you to everyone watching this live on youtube Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn as well. And uh, like I said, I definitely would like to have you come back on again in the future, Lee, as a guest. And uh, if you do any performances that are linked, I would love to watch your uh, shows on live stream as well. And that's another thing about oh, this technology now too. Yes. 
I would love that. And I would love to come back on your show and I wish you much, much success. I, I know that you're going to do well. Well, thank you so much, Lee. And uh, I will be listening to your music the rest of the day on Spotify. And uh, I will definitely have this uh, podcast episode uh, circulating on audio and my uh, video forms as well. And I will let you know what, when it airs on the radio station in Atlanta, Georgia. Who would have thought a Canadian kid or a Canadian man would have a radio uh, show on a, a Atlanta, Georgia station? So I've been That's very blessed. Awesome. I've been That's very blessed. very awesome. Very Hard work. blessed, and, and he's good. Well, and he's going to keep on blessing you. So, and uh, I just want to, before I let you go, I want to say thank you to Dale, Krista, and Troy, and everybody from your uh, YouTube channel for watching this show as well. And uh, hopefully, uh, I just keep continue to grind away. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, keeping in touch with you on social media. And uh, good luck with you uh, with your career going forward as well. Well, thank you so much, and I wish you the same success. Okay, Lee, thank you so much, and uh, you have a great rest of the afternoon, and we'll definitely keep in touch with you on social media. You too. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lee. Bye. Oh, thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed Season 5, Episode 47 today with my guest. Yes, Lee Newton. She's a Nashville recording artist, singer, and songwriter, and uh, really talented uh, musician. So please check out her website as well. And also, she's on Spotify as well. And I got another comment on here before we wrap this up. Uh, let's see. Troy, thank you, Chris. Troy, thank you so much. Dale, Krista, everybody uh, for watching this on live stream on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn as well. And I will have this show downloaded to my audio platforms in a few minutes as well. And it will be on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Metro Atlanta as well. And I will let you guys know this as well. Also, guys, just to let you know, Quick turnaround today. Next live with CDP Sports Talk, Season 5, Episode 48, sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Tonight, Wednesday, April 26th, 6 p.m., with my guest, Mookie Hawkins, Sports Director with Power 96.5 FM and WUFO 1080 AM in Buffalo, New York. And Mookie is also the Bills reporter. So if you're a big Buffalo Bills fan, Buffalo Sabres fan, Buffalo Bandits fan, tune in to Live with CDP tonight at 6 o'clock with Mookie Hawkins, uh, my guest, and I'm looking forward to speaking to him as well. And Chris, uh, viewer, it was great. Hey, thank you so much, Krista. Like I said, I'm still a work in progress. This is only my 267th episode, but uh, it's great guests that make a great podcast. I'm just a host guy here, and uh, – Lee uh, is a great guest, and I'm really appreciative of Lee giving me uh, an hour and a half of her time uh, to come on today. And uh, again, I want to say thank you to everybody watching this live streamed and also uh, on, on my audio platforms as well. I'm going to wrap this up, guys, because I'm going to be back on the air at 6 o'clock tonight. But again, if you guys want to, uh, you guys can follow my guest Lee at Lee Newton Music on Twitter. And her official website is LeeNewtonOfficial.com as well. And please check out her music on Spotify and all the live streaming uh, services as well. So let's see, guys. We're going to wrap this up. Again, Live with CDP Sports Talk is live streamed on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. And uh, you guys can check out my website at beacons.ai 
slash Chris D. Palme as well. And finally, guys, before we go, live with CDP Sports Talk, again, is brought to you by Barry Collins Chevrolet Dealership, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycollin.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles or give them a call at 519-824-0210 or email at info at barrycollin.com as well. And before we wrap this up, guys, it is truck month at Barry Collins Chevrolet. Uh, 2023 Silverado pickup truck, 1500, uh, 3.49% financing for up to 72 months. Eligible Costco members can receive a $750 bonus on select trucks as well. Again, thank you to Barry Collin Chevrolet for sponsoring me. And thank you for uh, Ryan O'Neill from WQEE 99.1 FM and Metro Atlanta for having me on his network uh, weeknights at 8 o'clock as well, guys. You guys can also follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP. I post a lot of content there as well. And also, StreamYard is the official live stream provider of Live with CDP Sports Talk. If you're into webinars or podcasting like I'm myself, I would highly recommend StreamYard as well. And finally, guys, before we wrap this up, Live with CDP Sports Talk podcast. The audio version is available on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Cast, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, LinkedIn, Stitcher, and Tuned In. And again, on weeknights at 8 o'clock Eastern on WQEE 99.1 FM as well. And you guys can also always email or text live with CDP Sports Talk at cpalme19 at gmail.com or text the show at 519-820-7188 as well. And I'm just going to read one more comment. Troy, you're doing good, buddy. Hey, thank you, Troy. I really appreciate it. I'm one of my harshest critics, and uh, it takes time to get into a new career. But, uh, again, I've been very lucky to have such great guests on as today in Lee Newton and uh, people watching this show. And it's really not a, a Canadian podcast show now. It's an international podcast show. And uh, I'm very appreciative of the opportunity. And this is something I have a passion for as well. And uh, I hope you all... Uh, well, consider following me here on my social media platforms as well, guys. So that's about it. Again, I want to say thank you to Lee Newton, um, a Nashville recording artist, for coming on here today. And again, check out her social media and her website as well. And uh, that's about it. Um, guys, I hope you guys can tune in clock with uh season five episode 48 of live with cdp sports talk again with mookie hawkins the sports director with power F power fm 96.5 and wufo 1080 in buffalo new york and he's the uh, buffalo bills uh beat reporter so if you guys are into sports in buffalo sports specifically uh Tune in tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern with Mookie Hawkins. Again, thank you to Lee Newton and everybody for watching and listening to Live with CDP Sports Talk. And we'll see everybody this afternoon or this evening at 6 p.m. for another edition of Live with CDP Sports Talk brought to you by Barry Cohen Chevrolet and weeknights at 8 o'clock Eastern on WQEE 99.1 FM. Have a great afternoon, everybody, and we'll see you in a, in a four hours for my next podcast show. We'll